Hello, guys, and let's try this again. Yes, uh, this is the ME7 podcast. A few gremlins in the system tonight, and also looks like there's potentially a few gremlins in the Gillingham team. So, uh, yeah, let's get uh, moving on. Uh, so, obviously, please, guys, if you would like to request uh, to speak, please do. Uh, you'll be doing me a massive favour. Obviously, this is my first time hosting. I'm... I hope actually, uh, obviously, everyone can hear me okay. I've now jumped over onto my tablet. Now, let's move on, obviously, to the game. I, I've got Harry is joining me. Uh, I think I've also got Tom who wants to join me. I'm going to just quickly approve him and get him in as well, guys. Hi, how are you guys? I'm all right, mate. You? Well, after today's performance, uh, feeling a bit down, Tom. How about yourself? How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'll, uh, hopefully the um, Gremlins in the ME7 have been all sorted now, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, Sod's Law, it's my first time hosting and, of course, everything uh, decides to play up. But, yeah, let's jump right back to uh, sort of two o'clock then today. Obviously, uh, the lineups came out. Uh, Gillingham's lineup of Jake Turner in goal, a back five of uh, Romero Hutton, Max Amar on his birthday, uh, captain in the side, of course. Connor Masterson, Shadoji, and Scott Malone. Uh, Connor Mahoney, Ethan Coleman, George Lapsley, uh, with Josh Walker making his home debut up top with Ollie Hawkins. Um, look, I've got to say, my initial thoughts were that was quite a good, strong team going out to face a quite a sort of well, an up and down Walsall team. Matt Sadler's not been able to get much of a tune out of uh, out of them. I, I know they've had a couple of good wins at Wrexham uh, in, in the past, but, you know, they have lost other games this season when they, they've been really poor and they came out strong today. Um, I mean, Harry, Tom, did you see the lineup? What was your initial uh, thoughts when the lineup came out? Um, yeah, again, like, again, like on, on paper, the, the, the lineup looks good. You'd sort of say everyone's playing in kind of what would be their preferred position. Um, I have my reservations over it, and I'm sure that those that stand up in the rain and near me will know my opinion on on certain players in in the side that aren't putting their weight right now, uh, which I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll go on to later. But realistically, as well with that, you've also got the options of of you know decent players on the bench should you need to change things up. Um, I felt today we should have changed things up at half-time. Um, maybe if we'd done that before the goal went in, then we, we wouldn't have had to have made three immediate changes after the goal um, and we weren't chasing the game instead. Um, but yeah, again, like on, on paper, the lineup looked good, but I think there's certain players that aren't, that aren't contributing like, like others are. I've got, to, I've got to say I kind of agree with you on that one. Um, the lineup on paper is, is, is a great lineup, but that first half, none of the players turned up, Harry. Um, I mean, it was really one that we can all pretty much you know, forget about. But, you know, uh, Walsall obviously really came at a strong in those first few minutes. I think they had three corners in like the first five minutes. Um, but, where, Harry, what, where do you think we're lapsing at the moment potentially with these uh, these players is it you know is it just they're not good enough for the level is it Clement's coaching what, what what's going on why can't we seem to get a tune out of them uh, I think we lack a lot of energy in midfield especially when we're missing Jeffries like today we were so slow bringing the ball out of defence nobody wanted to 
pick the ball up or make runs. So we just ended up going forward to Hawkins and then losing the ball. And we just repeated it for 90 minutes. But I think the players are good enough. As a team, have we really seen the best of them? No. But I'm just I think we need a lot more energy in that midfield. I think it kind of goes to show that uh, obviously we know Don Jeffries is currently out at the moment. I do think we're missing his pace, uh, his energy that he brings to the team. Um, Tom, I don't know if you would agree with me on that one, uh, but it just feels uh, at the moment there's no driving force like we had last year, for instance, when we had, um, um, I mean, he was 36 last year. Um, uh, we oh, His name's gone right out of my head, but a uh, uh, former captain. Uh, Obviously, he's not playing at the moment. Um, that, that, that's how I say that's how I've completely forgot his name. Um, but we're just missing that driving force in the middle, and you know it's a bit of a shame that come obviously at the end of Jan- uh, end of January, end of the transfer window, we weren't able to get anything else in that area, was it, Tom? Uh, the guy's name is Sean Williams, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think as well, it doesn't help that that you know you kind of. Jeffries doesn't doesn't play. He, he's not in the eleven one week, and then he, then he starts the following week, and then he gets injured, and then Lapsley comes in, and Dieng also as a as a cameo. And to me, like we know our 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 our, our back three, we know our wing backs, and we uh, but the only thing we don't have a consistency on on is is our front two and our midfield three. No wonder they're not going to be cohesive if they're not playing with each other every single week. Like I know that he's 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 had a look at. I mean, obviously Coleman's the mainstay in that midfield. And I, I think again he was probably one of our best players, if not our best player today. Um, Mahoney does not work for me in a ten. He's he's a luxury player that if if you need a grafter in there in the absence of Jeffries or Williams, Mahoney won't do it. So already you're you're one player short when you need to have people grafting and tackling and running back. Mahoney just doesn't do that for me. He's good going forward, but can you afford to have someone who's basically a bystander for the first half? Lapsley, again, people around me and the men will know my opinion of him. We don't see we don't see anything really from him enough to go, right, he deserves a place in my eleven week in, week out. So in that case, you've got to look at alternatives. You've got to look at Johnny Williams. You've got to look at Dieng. You've got to look at the likes of maybe even McKenzie. To add a little bit more steel, a little bit more energy into that midfield because if you're playing a three in a midfield and one's going to be in that sort of 10 behind the front two position, in the first half, that Hutchinson was running rings around our midfield. He was getting space, he was getting the ball. There was there was no one taking charge of that midfield and I think Coleman can't, can't, can't do it all. So he needs someone else alongside him in the Jeffries mould to do that and if Jeffries ain't there, need to find someone as close to him as possible. Yeah, and obviously, unfortunately, we don't have anyone in the team uh, who's like that. Now, obviously, let's just talk, obviously, through the uh, the, the chances, the, the moments in the first half. Obviously, there was a chance for Walker, a uh, half chance, really, uh, in the seventh minute. Uh, the ball switched towards uh, Romero Hutton, who found himself in acres of space. Uh, he ran the ball forward uh, and then whipped in an excellent ball for Walker to get onto the end of. Unfortunately, uh, he, he was a uh, slight delay to his shot, uh, getting the way, uh, sorry, getting his shot away, allowed the Walsall defender uh, to get back into position and block the effort. Um, in the 25th minute, Scott Malone uh, played a pass in uh, 
to a game for Walker to run onto. Again, had he been a little bit sharper, maybe he might have been quick enough to try and get on to the end of that. But unfortunately, yeah, the defender got in and just towed the ball away. Um, Josh Gordon did have a huge opportunity moments later. Uh, uh, the Jules unfortunately could not clear a ball that was played into the box. It dropped towards the forward who fired his volley over the crossbar uh, from around eight yards out. Uh, and then really, apart from that, there was only uh, other thing was where Jake Turner was called into action just uh, shortly before halftime. Acosta that was called in, uh, into the box, floated into the direction of Hutchinson, who rose the highest, headed the, goal, goal for, uh, headed the ball goalwards. But fortunately, Turner was there to make the save. Guys, really, apart from that, Harry, it, I mean, it was a really uneventful first half, a really boring, forgetful first half, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty dire, wasn't it? I think both teams just seemed to happy to just lump it up long to their target mans and hope for the best. But just the quality, there was an absolutely no quality in that first half at all. It it, it was it was crying out for. Uh, I mean, like like Tom said, uh, potentially a sub to have been made at half time. Somebody that was kind of come, kind of come on and, and grab the the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, Tom, I, I've got to say, I agree with you. I was a bit surprised uh, that Clements didn't make any changes at halftime. I, I came back to my seat um, after going to the toilet and uh, I, I said to my the guy I sit next to, you know, oh, have there been any subs? And he went, no. And I, I just find that found that quite shocking. It was the subs were very reactive uh, to the goal, which we will get onto uh, in a bit. But... Tom, uh, you know, again, half time came. What do you think Clements was going to be trying to drill into the boys there? Do you just think it was going to be more energy, get you know, get get this ball moving around a lot quicker and 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 try and break them down, or you know, what kind of words do you think he would have been saying to his team at half time? Uh, hopefully, some that I can't repeat on this on this show, but um, I, it's hard because realistically, I was, was going to say you, you can repeat them if you want to. I really don't mind. <laughs> No, no, it's all right. There's, there's, there's younger people than me you, um, uh, tuning in. No, I think, um, I think when it comes to Clements, obviously, like there's, there's this perception that he's kind of sort of quite passive and on the sidelines. And um, I obviously we don't know what, what what goes on behind closed doors, but I think he would have had to have said something to Jim up. You know, I, I don't, I think we can all see from from the stands that there's a lack of urgency. Um, Personally, I think some of our players are just too frightened to take a chance on something to to try and play a bit of a killer ball. You know, there, there's there's it all does it, a lot of it comes back to that midfield where sort of the ball was bypassed in the midfield because they weren't keeping it keeping it long enough. And I think technically we we've got some good players, but we're just not able to play that sort of killer pass so realistically I think yeah as as what what you said there I think we should have changed it our time sacrificed a couple of players that just simply weren't working out which coincidentally happened to be two two of the three players that went off straight after the goal um and just try to to switch things up a little bit because we looked far more dangerous in in the second half where we were pushing and trying to break Walsall down and and in in the first half there was just no sign of that at all um what Clemens would have said, I'm hoping that he would have given given them a, them a bit of a rollicking, but don't know. It it to me, I think you either as a manager you either go right, it's not good enough, I'm changing it, or or you go, All right, I'm going to give you ten minutes to, to sort your to sort yourselves out. 
and then I'm going to change it. But realistically, it was only after the goal that, that those changes were, going to, were were made. So what he said, no idea. Yeah, as I said, it was reactive, not proactive. And I think in that situation, he, he needed to be a bit more proactive. Uh, but look, obviously, the second half kicked off really uh, where get to the... The shad moment in a second, uh, but you know, Walsall literally came out again like they did in the first half, really had a go at us. Uh, they had a chance uh, very early on. Uh, Jake Earring delivered a ball into the box to uh, uh, Isaac Hutchinson, who was completely unmarked, uh, but he saw his uh, shot, his low drive saved by Joe, uh, Jake Turner. And then, uh, just uh, was it just past the hour mark? Uh, the visitors were awarded. A penalty. Um, I'm not one to to constantly dig players out, but I've got to say this is three weeks in a row that Shadow G has cost us a goal. Um, okay, I know technically, you know, there was a chance to, and I could have saved that penalty, but you know, what are the chances of that normally happening? Uh, you know, it, it's very minimal, but you know, Shad gets caught in the middle of the park trying to do too much with it. He gets. Um, he basically falls to the floor. My initial thought from the stands was that is a foul. Why does the ref not give the foul? I've looked it back three or four times now and he's just fallen over. Uh, and then the the players got the ball run down the box, uh, run down the wing, sorry, got the ball into the box. Uh, and then uh, again, I think it was Hutchinson who was completely open in the middle uh, of the goal, uh, has, you know, basically the whole goal to aim at, goes to take his shot, and for some reason, Shad dives on top of the ball with his hands out. You know, why? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, Harry. I don't know about you, but I'm quite surprised Shad didn't get a red card for that because, for me, I think that was denying a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, I think there were a couple of players back when he did handball it, so I think that might be why he didn't get sent off. But, yeah, as I say, I think, I like the way he does bring the ball out of the fence and he does it with quality quite a lot. But last few weeks, I think he's just started to try a little bit too much and you can see it's started to cost us a bit now. And I think maybe he needs maybe a week off just to relax, get himself back to what we know is his best and what he's shown for a lot of the season. Because I think he has been, alongside Coleman, probably one of our most consistent performers. I'm not denying that the, the, the young guy does have talent and, and Tom, I'm sure you'll, you'll agree, he, he is a very exciting young prospect for the future. But it's three weeks now in a row that he has cost us. So, yeah, maybe is it time that Shad just has a, has a moment on the, the bench and we just go back to a four a back and try and dominate the midfield more? Um, I can see why to say that, but I also think it's not going to do him any good. But also, it would kind of Clemens has bought as as stuck with this system now for for a couple of months, and you know it's had indifferent results. But generally, it's been quite positive in terms of you know chances created and and all, and all that sort of thing. If you then go back to to a four four two or whatever, you you're then kind of you're you're sort of telling supporters that you you don't have utter faith in what you're doing. And I think realistically, all we need now, you know, is is consistency. You know, the thing is about Ogi. If you look at today's mistake, just for example, like if you're gonna encourage your your centre half, so Max aside, so you're looking at Connor on one side and Shad on the other side, if you're gonna encourage them to want to bring the ball out, kind of run with it, 
use the space, they're going to make make mistakes sometimes. Like the mistakes against MK and Forest Green were pretty similar in to, in in nature. He's committed to the ball, he's lost out, he's then been caught out caught out position. And today was was he was trying to bring the ball out and he's uh, he's lost it. If that had happened in a, in a different position, it might not not have been as fatal. Alternatively, if he just bunged it up the pitch to Hawkins, people have said, well, why aren't you keeping it on the ground? Like, you're always going to get people that have different opinions about, about this sort of thing. I personally think if you drop him out the side and go to a 4-4-2, because we face it, we haven't got any more natural centre-halves in that team, Clements will be using this as like kind of a reason to, to go against what he finds is working. And I think if you if you're going to come into a club and and put your stamp on it and want to you know kind of persevere with your own ideas, you can't be reactive to something like that and make wholesale changes just because of one mistake. No, no, I get that. I say for me, it was it's just the fact it's not the one mistake. It's it's been three weeks in a row. It's happened, uh, and 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 you're totally right. We don't have anyone now to come in and and replace Shad unfortunately you know unless there's a free agent out there that we want to take a punt on but um I just feel you know three weeks in a row it helped him last time when he had a little break from the team um maybe I think maybe doing the same would be a positive thing that's just my opinion obviously uh but yeah let's move on to uh the Jules equalizer and look okay again credit where, where credit is due it was a long throw from OG into the penalty area and, and it fell to the player who was in the right space at the right time, Conor Marston, and he just put his foot through it and smashed the ball into the top of the net. Uh, and the goalkeeper made a hilarious, very late diving save for the ball, which I, I chuckled with numerous times. But it was, a, it was the thing about being in the right place at the right time, uh, Harry. And obviously our strikers aren't really doing it at the moment. But, I mean, Marston's kind of showing the guys how it should be done, isn't he? Yeah, and I think, Last week, we had a few balls that just went straight across goal and we've got no one just throwing themselves at it and gambling. And I think that's one of the main reasons we're struggling in school because we're creating the chances, but there's no one there who can gamble on it and is willing to throw themselves at a ball that's going right across goal. And then Marston does it. And look what happens. We've got an equaliser in a game that we probably didn't really deserve anything out of in the end. Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally do think a point is 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 fair. I, I I think we deserved a point out of that at least because I think both teams were as poor as each other. Um, but yeah, we were just we were especially poor in that first half. Um, Tom, look, Conor Masterson, he's you know they obviously say don't fall in love with a lone player, and we will get on to another lone player in a moment. But obviously, he was uh, with us last year. He did absolutely excellently. Signed the a deal to stay with us this year um he's definitely been one of the i think the standout performers i think of the season but he does seem to come up with these vital goals and he said in in his interview about being in the right place at the right time and do you think that's literally just all we're kind of lacking now in that forward line is just our forwards now finding the back of the net and being in the right place at the right time to start the ball rolling and us getting more goals yeah, like if you look at how many chances that we've had recently where we've kind of, a, a ball's been bouncing around the box and no one's sort of stuck their, you know, face or backside on it to try and keep put it put it in the net, you know, we've we've been so, cl- so close to scoring. Like, you know, we had a couple even after Connor's goal today where I know that Shad's put, put one over from like six yards out and there's been a couple of like sort of near misses 
we are just missing the confidence to be in the right place at the right time. You know, strikers especially, they they have the the sort of intuition to be waiting for the ball to drop or, you know, waiting for a ricochet or some sort of deflection. If that's not happening time after time after time, then it's going to look as though we're just not getting the rub of the green. But all, all credit to Connor where it's due, as you said, like he was in, he, he was, it wasn't the right place place to put it away he had one a little while afterwards where I think he got, he got rid of the ball around the back of the of the full back and and sort of chested it down but just sort of air kicked it and you know I was thinking why do you not not go with a stronger foot but obviously we're not on the pitch in that moment we can't you know um say what a player should and shouldn't have done but I think as far as our strikers are concerned we probably have been missing that someone who can just poach a goal from from six to you know six to twelve yards out and hopefully the likes of Walker and, and and that can do it. But that's been a recurring theme now obviously in the start of last season really is 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 having that one focal point up front that can just score via any means possible. Yeah, it takes me back to the days of uh, sort of thinking of the old Tommies and uh Cody Max and, and what have you. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Jules did have a chance to nick it very late near the end of the game. Uh, I think it, uh, if Tom, you said it was six yards out. Um, I think it was more like three yards out. Um, somehow Shad Oji, uh, ball fell to him about, yeah, about three yards out uh, and he's managed to smash. And I'll say that, smash the ball over the, uh, the bar because um, it was hit with some power. I know he wanted to try to get it in the back of the net. I think he's trying to make amends, but that that time, I think he just wanted a bit more composure in front of the goal because you know that close out. All you got to do is try and get it on target, and and you're going to score, aren't you, Harry? It was unfortunate that it fell to uh, uh, to shadow all play, uh, people. Yeah, it was a proper centre half shot, wasn't it? Just I think he panicked a bit and leant back too far and just absolutely smashed it instead of maybe a striker would have composed himself and tried placing it into a corner whereas Shad's just sort of rushed it and just tried hitting the target with as much power as he could and it's gone over and just one of those things isn't it with centre-halves they're not going to be the most composed up front yeah, so it's, it's a shame that it was of all people that it did fall to, to Shad. But uh, yeah, again, watch it back, guys. He, he is about three yards out and it, the ball just, obviously, it probably comes off the top of his foot and not exactly how he meant it. But yeah, it just goes flying over and, and that was it. And the referee blew the full-time whistle and the game finished 1-1. Um, obviously, during the game, we did have the introduction of Gillingham's first ever Colombian-born footballer. Uh, I'm not going to butcher his name because that is something I tend to do often. Uh, but Hotardo, I believe, is what we're calling him. Um, he came on uh, uh, on the 63rd minute, uh, obviously after uh, uh, Walsall had scored uh, from the penalty spot. I thought he made a really good impact. He actually kind of, for me, has shown the rest of the players what us fans want, somebody who's going to get the ball, drive forward, take a shot, actually try and, you know, excite the crowd. He, there was an amazing few little touches that he, he did. He really got into the game. Uh, I said, from what I understand, you know, his, his English is, is pretty, pretty poor. Um, you know, he, he understands basics, but it, it, speaking is not so good. But 
I thought he looked really good today. Um, Tom, uh, I'm going to throw this one over to you. What did you think of the new boys' performance yourself? Well, to, to be fair to you, like half the rain men suffer from, from poor English too sometimes. But I think in terms of impact, it did exactly what, what we would have wanted. Um, he excites me and terrifies me in equal measure because you never know what he's going to do. I don't even think he knows what he's going to do some, sometimes. But I think the biggest thing for me is that he's obviously the young kid. He's, he's what, 20? And he's, he's come over from from, you know... Columbia via Watford via New York via Medway and it's it's a really strange career path for him and he he's obviously willing to impress he wants to get in the shop window he wants to play you know probably back at his parent club as well so he's going to obviously give it everything and yeah he, he he looked energetic he looked fast whether he's got the end product we we obviously haven't seen that yet but I was impressed with with what I saw he was obviously keen to keen to get involved keen to sort of track back and all that sort of stuff I remember him sort of doing some sort of you know Cruyff turn in the in the defensive third I was like what what you're doing but obviously he what he'd done to get to get back there and help out was was sort of admirable so whether or not he'll he'll start many games I don't know but if it gets to a point where our front two are either not fit or just not firing at all he might he might have an impact from a start too so yeah from what I saw I was quite happy with quite happy with it and uh Hopefully, we we'll see more more of him in, in the uh, next few weeks. Tom, just just one last thing. Care to uh, have a go at pronouncing his name? Then um, I would love to. I think. Well, uh, I think we, we were saying Jorge. Jorge uh, I, I sound like Boise there. I know. Um, uh, Cabeza Hurtado. I think you have that on some sort of payout. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not really sure, but that that was my best effort. I, I think that was that was a that was a valid effort, and I'm that. definitely I'm definitely exactly. not going to try and butcher it myself. Um, Harry, what what did you think of uh, uh, Jorge uh, his his performance? What how did you think he did today? Yeah, I thought he was quite good in the half hour or so he was on. I thought he looked to attack defenders, which is something we've not really seen a lot of this season, and he was willing to just run about try and unsettle Walsall's defence, which I think he did quite well. And to be honest, I'd be starting him on Friday night against Notts County because I don't think they'll cope very well with him up front. No, I, I think you're right. Notts County have been, uh, uh, you know, all season, you know, they, they've tried to outscore their, you know, their any opponents that they've played because, you know, they know their defence is pretty weak and, and he, he kind of terrified the Walsall players. I don't think they really knew what to expect. Some of the balls that he, you know, was taking out the sky were amazing. Some of the little runs and jinking runs he was making I thought were brilliant. Um, you know, he, he really excited me. I, look, I, in no way am, am I going to say that this guy is going to be our saviour and, and what have you. I do, don't think that. He's come here to learn football. He's He's still young, but... The fact that he's 20 years old and willing to have a go and, and put his, you know, put everything on the line. I mean, he looks absolutely knackered, I think, at full time. I thought, you know, for the half hour he was on this pitch, he, he ran his socks off. And I I think he did really well. But, look, Tom, I know obviously we're going to do the preview. Uh, I'll probably, it'll be Wednesday or, or, or Thursday night uh, for the for the Knots game. But it was a really flat performance from the from the Jills today, Tom. And you, you've got to expect there's got to be some kind of reaction for next week. Yeah, the the thing is with that now is Clements is is he's obviously I he he's kind of pinpointing where it's gone wrong today. 
does he make widespread changes does he change formation because that in itself could also cause some harm to you know to to the consistency of of of, of what we're putting out there but i i think we need to be a lot more solid again um not County will be hurting you know they they lost again today they've been in very kind of spra- sporadic form recently they're not going to be easy to beat. They've got, you know, the likes of uh, Jones and Langstaff and McGoldrick and all that sort of lot. So they, they've got they've got some quality there. Um, we can't afford to have any passengers in that 11. And I think today we had two or three players that just did the bare minimum floated through. And, you know, I, I don't think that's going to that's gonna be good enough. I, I would maybe put the likes of um, maybe, maybe Dieng in there. He... He needs a game. He needs to sort of prove that he can sort of regain the levels that he put in last season. Um, I would drop Lapsley. I would drop Mahoney. I know I've singled those two out quite quite a lot, but I just think if you're going to go to Notts County and and try and get a decent result, you need to have eleven men that are going to put in every sit everything for the team. And I, I don't think those two do. Um, yeah, there'll need to be a beer reaction. There'll need to be a uh, a bit of a kick up the backside, I think, after today. And who knows, playing away from home, we might see more of that. Yeah, hopefully we will, because I said I think you know we needed a reaction uh, uh, from the from the MK Dons defeat. We didn't really get it today, so let's hope potentially. And obviously, Notts County are currently sat, I believe, seventh in the table, um, just currently taking that last playoff spot. So it's got a chance there to we could go there and get three points potentially, jump above them. Um, Guys, I'll tell you, I'm just going to give you one last question before I move on to the comments. Um, obviously, transfer window is now closed. There is though still the option of signing potential free agents. It's very simple. Do you think that's something that the club will look into, or or do you think now this is the squad we have till the end of the season? I don't, Harry. If you want to go first, I don't really know what free agents are out there at the moment, so. It's a bit of a difficult question. I think, for the most part, unless we suffer an injury crisis of some sort, I think this will be the squad we have for the rest of the season. I don't think we'll look in the free agents market unless we really have to. And Tom? Yeah, I sort of got to agree there. I think, you know, unless they've just recently been been made free agents, I think, you know, if they've been free agents since the start of the summer, then obviously you've got to understand that's probably for a reason. If they've not picked up a club at League Two level um, in that time, would they be coming in and trying to get up to speed and would they actually help the team? It's not like we need cover i think we've got enough in the squad you know we haven't got many injuries and we've got you know worst comes to worst we have got you know younger players to sort of fill the bench but i, I can't see us putting it any more um emphasis on on free agents in the next few months i mean i, I know there are still a a few half decent free agents out there and look if the right one was to come along then yes of course uh, but yeah, like, I kind of do think this is the squad now to the end of the season. Should it be, you know, there there are injuries or or what have you. Uh, but yeah, let's move on and have a, a look through the comments. So uh, Adrian uh, has said, "Oh no, still can't hear a thing." That was, I think, a 
uh, earlier on. Uh, so, uh, Luke Draper, can we just stick Masterson up front? I think that's actually quite a good idea. I think uh, at least he knows where the back of the net is. He's, he's done it recently, so might be a good opportunity there. Um, David Miller, uh, three yards, you need your eyes tested. It was an awful miss and summed up his current form. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was like three, four yards out. He, it, it was inside the six-yard box uh, by, by a distance, I believe. Uh, Luke, uh, don't agree with Tom there. We can't keep allowing OG game time if he's going to cost us. He needs to be dropped after today. If we want to persist with three at the back, then we play either McKenzie or Max Clark there. OG needs a wake-up call. Obviously, the other option is Ollie Hawkins. He can play at the back as well, but then who would, you know, do then replace up top with him? Obviously, if Andrews was fit, that'd be your, your key there. Um, Fred Perry, looks like Brad has given up listening. Uh, uh, I'm probably out celebrating the draw with Scally and Anderson. Okay, Fred? Probably is. Um, let's move on. Luke, uh, Clements came in and said two things. I will play nice on the ground football. That isn't happening. We are also told we would scrape, uh, sorry, scrap the long throws and we are still doing it. Uh, still think Clements is the right man, but questions have to be asked. Um, look, Luke, I kind of agree with you uh, on that a little bit, but at the same time, when you've got uh, a target man like Ollie Hawkins in the team, you're going to use his ability, aren't you? Um, Fred has also said terrible performance today, awful tactics, producing an atmosphere uh, akin to a library. Uh, David Miller, there are options uh, for OG. Max Clark played for Sevenage on the left uh, of a three at times. If uh, it was Max who, who'd, sorry, who'd made the mistake after a mistake, people would be wanting him bombed out of the side. I mean, that is a thing, obviously, unfortunately, with Max. He's normally the scapegoat, and you're right, uh, David, there. If that had been Max, people would be calling for him to no longer play for the club ever again. Uh, because it's shady young guy coming through, you know, it's because he's new, he's he's learning the game. And as I said, look, I do totally understand that point of view, but at the same time, three weeks in a row, three goals costed. Uh, Justin has, oh, he sent two uh, of the last ones I've got here. Shad needs to come out as making too many mistakes. That leads to goal. And he's put, Matt, isn't that the name of the game? To outscore your opponents. And yes, of course it is. Uh, but when you're conceding four goals, so you've then got to try and score five to beat a team and Notts County have done that a few times this year. Well, look, guys, we're going to come to the end of this space. It, thank you for listening. It was, a say, a bit of a poor performance from the boys at Priestfield, but we've got the chance to avenge it this week at Notts County. Thank you so much for listening. As always, up the jills and good night.